At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde está el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast-track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash StarTalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing, Playing with, with Science. And today it's our World Series throwback special where we will revisit some of the most iconic and everlasting plays of the Fall Classic. And who can resist a trip down memory lane with these guys? Absolutely not me. That's right. And breaking down the science inside these majestic moments is our good friend from Lynchburg College, Virginia, and the author of Gold Medal Physics, Professor Eric Goff. What's up, Professor? Oh, I'm sorry. Just get getting ready for some good fall baseball. Sounds good, but that's not all. In part three, we have an extra special playing with science Q&A. Shall I spoil it, Gary? Spoil away. Yes, with Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson and World Series winning home run hitting Jeff Blum. They're going to answer some questions on the World Series right here on Playing With Science. So that's on the menu for part three. So you are not going to want to miss that. And no cheating. Go the distance, <laughs> and he will come. <laughs> and yeah, fun doing that. That's good. Right now, joining us is our good friend, physics professor Eric Goff. Eric, how are you, sir? Doing well. I'm really glad to be back. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're always glad to have you. You know. Yeah, you're our resident physics expert. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So, should we get to our first play? Let's take our little trip down memory lane. And, of course, uh, Dr. Eric, we're going to ask you to break down the science and the physics of these plays. Is that cool? That would be great. All right, let's first go way back in time with one of the greatest players of all time. It's the 1954 World Series. It's the eighth inning in Game 1, Giants versus the Indians. The score is 2-2, and the Indians have two on base. Indian slugger Vic Wirtz is at the plate, and he smashes a ball deep to center field. And the rest is what they say. The say, hey, kid does best, catches the ball at the wall, and man, does he hurl one. Take a listen. There's a home run drive way back, way back, way back in the 
Look at this. Catches the ball at the wall. Boom. That is unbelievable. God, he's like one of the best defensive players ever. Can you imagine Vic Wirtz has hit it that far? He's thinking, I'm off. Bases yeah. one, bases yeah. two. I'm around the bend. For, and by the way, that's a 425-foot shot, which uh -huh. in most a lot of parks would have been a home run. Right, Eric? Well, you got to think they're in the polo grounds, and the polo grounds back then had a little wedge out in center field that actually went to 483 feet. Right. It was, only, like, it was like a little cutout, right? That's right. But the, the ball that Mays caught was just before he got to that cutout, and he had a nice shadow there beside of him that I'm sure kept the ball in the sun. So it was just outside the shadow. And only only four men have ever hit a ball out of that park in deep center. So, uh, I mean, you know, Wirtz drove it about as far as you can. It would have been a home run in any other park. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the the great thing is, is that the left-handed Don Little that was pitching was uh, replacing Sal Magley, who was the starter. And then once uh, Mays makes his great catch, Little was replaced. And the apocryphal comment that Little made was, well, I got my man. <laughs> <laughs> man so um when you when you look at uh something like that first of all uh you know from from a science standpoint a physics standpoint what what kind of has to happen for a ball to to go you said four men have launched the ball out of that park period at at that deep center spot that's right all right what has to happen? Have you made any calculations in terms of ball speed, bat speed, what uh, what happens on a physics level for a ball to travel that far? Well, the ball's probably coming off the bat at something like 110 miles an hour. Wow. Um, it was in the air about five and a half seconds or so before Mays caught it. So this is a really you know deep shot, like you said, about 420, 25 feet. And Mays is playing in shallow center field at the time. And you got to remember that sound speed is about one millionth of light speed. So when Mays sees that ball get hit, there's going to be a slight delay before he hears the crack of the bat. So there's a great deal of instinct that's going on. When that ball is hit, he's just sprinting back toward the center field wall, and he catches it right over his left shoulder uh, after running about half the, uh, the length of the outfield. So what sort of speed is Willie Mays going at once he starts to chase this down? Well, you got to think an elite sprinter is going to do 100 meters in about 10 seconds. So you're talking about 10 meters per second or about 22 miles an hour. So I, I would say, you know, Willie Mays like that early in his career, uh, young, very fit, athletic. He's probably getting, you know, 20 miles an hour approaching that speed as he's running toward that ball. And how far has he got to throw back? Well, now he's sitting there at 420 feet and he's got to get the ball back in the infield and, and Equally as impressive as the catch was the throw back. Yes, yeah, absolutely. He, when you watch him throw it, he throws the ball with his entire body. He hurls the ball so hard that he spins himself around and falls down and still throws the ball accurately. It's amazing. It's not just distance, it's accuracy and distance. Yeah. It's just as, as good as the catch, the throw is possibly as good, if not better. That's right. You, you know, you got Larry Doby, the great Larry Doby was on second base. Uh, he had run almost a third. He had to go back to tag up and then he ended up getting back to third. But this uh, the, the game would have gone a lot differently had that ball gone over his head. I mean, that might have even been an inside the park home run. Right. 
he he turns around and and his hat had already come off and he turns around and and just like a whirling dervish just fires that ball back into the uh, infield so he's you know throwing that ball you know close to 300 feet or something in the air that's amazing that's amazing and so and we're looking at this what would you say because this happened September 29th 1954 polo grounds here in uh here in New York what would you say would be the market improvement in players between now and then? And then how much distance would you put between Willie Mays then and best players now? Oh, I think Willie Mays could play today. I mean, he he was, he was a gifted athlete. Uh, You know, he certainly had top notch speed that would have rivaled, uh, you know, the top base dealers today. Um, but clearly players today are bigger, training regiments are better, uh, nutrition's better. They have a lot more coaches, uh, watching their health and their training, their, uh, transportation's a lot, uh, nicer. They're getting paid a lot more. <laughs> I mean, you some didn't of have these to guys, get the bus to the stadium. And, and a lot of these guys yeah. relied on that world series, uh, paycheck for added income. I mean, that was a big deal to make it to the world series back then. I mean, the impact of this was it May's catch kept the game tied, allowing the Giants to win 5-2. And I'm, I'm reading this because I've got a favorite name in here. Uh, to win the game 5-2 in the 10th inning off of Dusty Rhodes' pinch hit home run. Dusty, well, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes. Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, what a great name. And Dusty Rhodes had a great series with uh, pinch hitting. But you, if you ever watch Dusty Rhodes' home run to win that World Series... He gets that in the right field corner just into the stands at 258 feet. Oh, so right. That, that a 258-foot hit wins the game for a home run, but a 425-foot out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 425 feet, you, you get caught out <laughs> where 258, you win the game. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. Well, there weren't any MVPs back then in 1954, were there? Oh, no, I don't think so. However, Major League Baseball have decided for 2017, the World Series MVP will now be called the Willie Mays World Series MVP. So a man who wouldn't have got an MVP back for that particular feat. Gets one every now, single year. Absolutely. Every single year from now on, he would get an MVP because yeah, his name is, uh, you can't separate him from being the MVP. We're doing a jump from 1954 to 1977. It's October Mr. the 18th. October. Yes. And we are going to visit Mr. October. Can only mean one man, Reggie Jackson, Chuck. Mm-hmm. So here we go. It's game six. Okay. He comes to the plate. He's walked for his first bat at plate. Then he hits a home run and his second bat. Then he hits another home run at his third at bat. He can't do it again, can he? No, he can't do it again. But wait, he does it again. That's right. His fourth <laughs> his fourth at bat. And uh, this is guy, he is the only player to ever hit three home runs in the same uh, game. Now, um, I'm sorry, he's not the only, he's the second uh, that he's time, second player. That time, he's the only player of his time, of his era, but the only other player to do it was Babe, of course, Ruth. Uh, he wins the MVP, and because of that, he is dubbed Mr. October. Mr. October. Why not? So let's take a look and a listen to Reggie Jackson. <laughs> Big, big World 
Goodbye. I mean, the pitcher can't believe it. He cannot believe it. He's dialed up his number once again. Am I right there watching that? Reggie Jackson's done this wearing glasses. Yeah. He's got reading glasses on. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's, oh, listen to that noise. That's a line drive, so that's uh, that's the line drive home run. He was the second person to hit three homers in World Series game. Singles game. There's been four guys who've done it. Uh, is it Puyols and Sandoval? The other two that are now in the same conversation as Babe Ruth and Reggie Jackson. So it's not a regular occurrence. Well, you know, I'd say, I'd say that uh, during this time, this particular era, mm. um, the reason why... Now, okay, so Eric, I'm going to let you... I'm going to pose this as a question to you. I was about to make a statement, but I'm going to pose it as a question to you. Babe Ruth does it, but everybody says during that particular time, you know, the athleticism of baseball was nothing like it was when uh, Rich Jackson did it. So Let's not forget Babe Ruth did it twice. Well, that's true. 1928. Yeah, and he basically says, uh, I'm lucky. That, that was his answer for why he could do it. I'm a, I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> but then Reggie Jackson does it in his era, and uh, he's the second guy to do it up until that time. Uh, and people say, well, Babe Ruth doesn't count. Um, it, it, it's much harder for Reggie Jackson to do it because those players were much better than in Babe Ruth's day. And then you got Albert Pulse and, um, wait, who's the other? Sandoval. Yes. Pablo Sandoval. So then that happens and people say, well, it's even harder because the players are even better. What's your take on that argument? Because can you ever compare errors or is it always going to be that argument that the players are bigger, faster, stronger, and therefore it's harder for the player who does it later in any era uh, of any era, it's harder for that player? Well, you got to think the, the 70s and 80s, the, the pitching was a little bit more dominant. Um, once you got into the 90s and the aughts, of course, then the, the hitting really took off. So, uh, you know, it wasn't that unusual for somebody to be hitting a home in the 30s in the home runs to lead the league. Uh, you know, this was, uh, you know, Reggie Jackson could hit, you know, 44 home runs or something like that and lead the league. This was not a, you know, a, an era where you saw a lot of 50 home runs. I mean, right. Foster had 52 that year, but, um, you know, that, that was rare. <laughs> so, so it, do you think it's about basically the talent at the position or is it about the – prowess of the athlete so well, i definitely think the uh, i mean reggie jackson was a great athlete i mean you know watching that home run in 71 all-star game he hit in uh, tiger stadium i mean that guy could absolutely just wail on a ball but he also struck out a lot because when you watch his swing it is a full open up i'm gonna kill that ball or i'm gonna you know go down swinging uh, uh type of swing i mean right. he's almost down on his knee when he swings that bat Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny because I never think of Reggie Jackson as a great athlete because he always looked to me like somebody's dad playing baseball. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how young he was. He just looked like somebody's dad playing baseball. I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just me. <laughs> well, the beauty of what Jackson did, I mean, in, in game five that they they lost, he had hit a solo home run in the eighth inning and 
when he came out in the sixth game, he's walked on four straight pitches in his first at bat. And then his next three swings of the bat are from three straight first pitch home runs. So he went four straight swings of the bat when he hit a home run. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, see that? I, that's, that's amazing. It. Yeah. See, that that's what makes this such a standout. Because, you know, the, you talk about a guy gets a hot hand. Just right. ridiculous. Yeah. And that's Absolutely four different pitchers. Ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Four different pitchers, too. Unbelievable. Uh, All right. Well, listen, we got to take a break, and we're going to come back with some more stuff, right? Right? Well, yeah, right. From Mr. October, we throw straight to a break. And when we come back, we'll unlock even more science behind a couple of the more iconic World Series moments with Professor Eric Goff. So stick around. We'll be back shortly. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. This is Playing With with Science. Science. Yes, this is our World Series throwback special episode. And with us to unlock the physics is our good friend, Professor Eric Goff of Lynchburg College in Virginia. Um, Right, let's waste no time, Chuck. What's our next clip? Here we go. Let's, uh, let's, Let's... 
bump up to 1988, the World yeah. Series home run. It's game one of the series. And on October 5th, 1988, at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, we have Gibson's dramatic game-winning home run. So Gibson is pinch hitting for the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's the bottom of the ninth. Okay? Already I'm excited. You are. Bottom of the ninth. This guy is holding injuries to both of his legs. He hits a two-run walk-off home run, and of course, the Athletics, Dennis Eckersley, or off of the Den, uh, Dennis Eckers, Eckersley of the Athletics that won the game for the Dodgers by a score of 5-4. to four. So, uh, Gibson's home run was the only plate appearance of the series that helped the Dodgers defeat the A's four games to one and, of course, secured their sixth World Series title. And uh, let's take a look let's at the it. clip. Out at the plate. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. Yeah. Tommy Lasorda runs out. He's running as fast as I could right now. He's, he's running. Yeah. He's dragging his he's legs. He's damn near limping around yeah. the bases. Amazing. Amazing. You know what? When a teammate who you know is physically suffering goes out and says, you know what? I'm here. You want me? I'm playing. It doesn't matter what kind of pain I'm in. You kind of have to get a lift. Yeah. So now let me ask you something, uh, Professor. Um, Dennis Eckersley, um, really a weird delivery uh, on, on his pitch. I mean, what would you call that? Is that a sidearm pitch? It, was, it wasn't really sidearm. He just had a weird delivery and a very weird uh, release point. Uh, does that kind of help or hurt a, a hitter? So – Eckersley started off his career as a starting pitcher. I mean, he had pitched right. a no-hitter for the Indians. Absolutely. He was a, you know, not a star, but a decent starting pitcher. Uh, when he was moved into the bullpen by, you know, Tony Lasorda, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, Tony Larusa, he um, had this nice delivery for a reliever that doesn't require a whole lot of energy. I mean, he, he's going in a slightly sidearm way of throwing, and his, you know, his go-to pitch was what's called a backdoor slider. And it was a 3-2 pitch, and Gibson is supposedly thinking that a 3-2 pitch, 3-2 count, uh, Eckersley's going to go to a backdoor slider. Uh, the problem is the, the slider was a little too much over the plate, didn't quite go in the back door, went more in the front door on that on that pitch. Didn't slide enough and didn't go in the back door. Went out the side That's door. Right. But went out the, yeah, when yeah. it left his bat, it did go out the side you door. Know, what, what, what fascinated me, that. People, the good people of Los Angeles voted this their greatest sporting moment. They had the Olympics in 1984, yet this moment, this home run resonated so deeply with them. What well, was it for uh, you? I, I think when you watch the ball go into the stands, notice the brake lights you see on the cars that outside the stadium. There were some people that left early. <laughs> uh, 
and when they're listening to it on the radio and all of a sudden you see those brake lights come on, you kind of wonder if they might have wanted to stay. Wow. Oh, man, that's see, that's that's, that's the why wor- that's why Eric's the professor, because he noticed the detail. Yeah, exactly. Brake lights in the and But that says you're an awful fan. I'm sorry. I mean, no disrespect. Oh, yeah. To, no disrespect to anybody listening to us in L.A. But, but. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm just speaking as an Eagles fan. You got to learn how to love your team uh, when they screw you over. Over year after year after year, you don't leave the stadium. You know what I mean? Because that's your badge of honor. It's like, I'm sticking with these guys. I'm going down with the ship. And then you go home and you scream about how they suck. And that's about, that's that's the whole process. That's the whole process that, that makes you feel better and, 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 you know what? I'm I'm about to cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Don't be sorry for him. Oh. There's some great science in that uh, swing of Gibson's because I mean he had hurt his legs in the the championship series against the Mets, and he's coming up to bat. The great Eckersley's on the mound. Uh, the A's had gotten four runs on one swing of the bat when Jose Canseco had hit a ball into the camera in center field. So they, that's where their four runs came from. I mean, they got this powerful uh, ball club, the A's, that had won 10 more games that year than the Dodgers. Then you get uh, you got Gibson up there, and you know his legs are bad, so he doesn't have that full extension whenever he's got the stride. He doesn't have that. But if you notice the swing, he still gets the hips rotating slightly, and mm-hmm. he gets the torso rotating. So all of that nice stored energy in his body and the core is unleashed when that uh, backdoor slider hangs up in the strike zone. Very cool, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, that it's got to be – maybe that's why people love this moment so much is because to have injuries to both your legs and be able to ding a homer – uh, so what, what in the World Series is amazing. But anyway, it's a great moment, and I'm glad that we had a chance yes. to take to take a look at that. Let's get to our throwback number four. And Let's jump forward in time. A little bit more, and we're going up to 1991, and this is the Twins uh, versus the Braves in the Fall Classic, and we're talking a little Kirby Puckett. We're already in extra innings here, right? So I think it's like... Am I right? This is considered the greatest World Series of all time? A lot of people think the series itself, So because uh, every game kind of went down to like the last at bat, and it's like it's just super... It yeah. was full of drama, this whole series was just full of drama and here we are at game six we're looking at uh, uh 11 innings and the score is tied 3-3 kirby pocket take a look into the left-hander delivers pocket swings and hits a blast deep left center way back way back the twins go to the seventh game catch them all kirby pocket touch them all Amazing. Eric, here's the thing about that. It kind of looks like he goes down and stretches out to grab that ball. Did, did, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, when you think about the ball interacting with the bat, it turns out that the pitch speed is only about one-sixth the contribution to the home run as the bat speed. Cool. The bat speed is much more important. So when Reggie Jackson hits one off of a knuckleball or you got Kirby Puckett hitting Charlie Liebrand, who certainly wasn't a, a speedball thrower, I mean, 
the bat speed is important. So you've got a, you know, a little powder keg like Kirby, Kirby Puckett up there who just explodes onto that pitch. And you'll notice the leg will come up a little bit. You get all this, you know, strength uh, in the thighs and in the core that's going to rotate on that pitch. And it doesn't take long for it to leave the, the, the field. Yeah. And Kirby Puckett, uh, uh, for those of you who remember, uh, the guy was built like a fire plug. <laughs> you know, seriously, he he was like just this little it was like a little box of power. You know, that's the way he was built. And what kind of what does that stature do for a hitter when when you have a guy like Puckett who's built the way he is? You know, he was he looked like he was almost as wide so as he got, was tall. You've got the big power hitters. We're used to seeing those. And you've got this little compact bundle of energy I mean there must be some sort of difference in dynamic professor and so does it is it easier or better to be taller and 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 does that stretch the strike zone or is it easier and better to be like Kirby Puckett where you're just like this like I said a fire plug so I mean a typical bat's going to be 31 to 35 ounces and a you know a big huge uh, you know, Dave Winfield or a Jose Canseco or some of these bigger players, uh, they're going to use a heavier bat. You know, Babe Ruth used a heavy bat. Mm-hmm. And these things have, you know, big moments of inertia. You get a lot of energy transfer when you swing that heavy bat, but you don't have quite as much control. Uh, so you get a diminutive player like Kirby Puckett. And, and, you know, like I said, he's like a little powder keg and you got these big thighs, you got you know, uh, strong core, and he gets a lot of bat speed on a short swing. It's not a huge, uh, big looping swing like yeah. you saw from Reggie Jackson. Right, not a, not a long windup. He just kind of, it's almost like it's a snap. Just a compact swing, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you this, uh, Professor, um, because you're such a fan of this game, when you look at the hitters of uh, today, and let's let's just go back to maybe like the aughts. So we'll start around the 2000s, okay? Um, who do you say, uh, who would you say has the best swing and would be considered the best hitter of this current era? Ooh. Well, if you're talking about the aughts, I mean, I'd have to go with Albert Pujols. Ah, I mean, he, yeah. he dominated the, the aughts like I don't think anyone else did. Uh, I mean, he had an incredibly uh, powerful, uh, compact swing. He hit for high average, certainly early in his career. Um, he, he was probably the, the best of that decade. Yeah. You call them the aughts? Yes. Oh, see, at home in the UK, the noughties. The noughts. The noughties. The noughties. The noughties, yes. Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm, I'm learning another language. I, I'll, I'll catch up soon enough. Sorry. Well, the noughties is what people in the aughts were putting in their body to help them hit some of those things. <laughs> ah, ah, professor, professor. sharp. That was good stuff right there. I'm going to take oh. it. Well, listen, man. Uh, and So now I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that same question for right now because we're not through this decade yet. We're seven years through this decade. What do you think right now who do you see kind of dominating this particular era and generation uh, I like to watch Bryce Harper hit oh yeah uh, I mean that guy's got I mean when he really is up there with his you know his teeth grit and uh, he's got the ger- determined look on his face he really knows how to punish a baseball <laughs> nice very nice very nice man this is good yes stuff. this is good stuff I wish we could do it. it's great to take a little look back at the World Series to break down some of the science and the physics involved in some of these great plays and mm. you know I'm, I'm glad we got the chance to share it with you because your love 
of the game. Mm-hmm. Just a Costner reference there for baseball. Um, it, it just I, saw what you, I saw what you did there. Yeah, thank you very I much. I saw what you did there. So it, it's great to, to, to get a feel, because especially for me, baseball is, is something I'm getting to grips with and learning more about every day. So thank you. Well, thank you for cricket so we could make baseball. Exactly. (laughs) I think you may have improved it, but don't tell anyone in the UK I said that. Oh, too late. (laughs) Right, we're going to take a break. Up next, a special treat on Playing With Science. Yes, we have a World Series winning home run hitting Jeff Blum. And that man, yes, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Stick around. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing With Science. And this is our World Series throwback special. And for our final segment, we've got something special just for you. Yep. Facebook Live with Yankee fan Neil deGrasse Tyson and Houston Astros announcer and former player Jeff Blum. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Jeff hit the homer in the 2005 World Series while playing for the White Sox against the Houston Astros, and he is now yep. the announcer for the Houston Astros, and Neil deGrasse Tyson, of course, being a Bronx-born um, huge Yankees fan. So uh, we recorded this segment on Friday, October the 13th, just hours before the Yankees actually played the Astros uh, in the playoffs. So uh, Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Yankees fan. Jeff Blum, Astros announcer. Game on. <laughs> Game That's on. Right. Yeah. Game on. Game on. <laughs> and this is Gary O'Reilly, and I'm Chuck Nice, and this is Facebook Live. Thanks for joining us. And uh, the reason why Gary pointed that out is because we're here in studio talking about uh, baseball, man. Whoa. Baseball. And I, and I brought my trainer with me, DJ Price. This oh, is DJ right. Price. Hey, DJ. He coaches, he coaches college, college baseball here in town. Yes, and fantastic. I said, well, come on by, because I know he's going to hey. have some opinions. All right. So, Jeff, uh, welcome to Playing With Science. Uh, you're outnumbered, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you are seriously outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you this much: uh, we, if, if those of you who are uh, tuning in right now, be a Facebook Live. You can ask us anything you want. Uh, if you want to ask Jeff Blum something about the Astros, if you want to ask uh, Neil something about uh, baseball and the universe, if you want to ask DJ <laughs> something about baseball and training, we got it all here. If you want to ask me uh, uh, something about, I don't know, joke, my general life. <laughs> I need a joke <laughs> yeah. right here. Maybe you need. <laughs> or if you want to ask Gary something about you like. how, how soccer and baseball um, actually um, uh, compare and contrast. You can do that and I'll be taking your questions as we go through. So somebody already said Neil, I love your shirt Um, and uh, uh, clearly you are a Yankees fan because you are from born and raised in the Bronx. Bronx in the house. Right on. Right on. He lives in the Bronx, too. So. And, Jeff, and, and DJ is wearing an Eagles hat. Let me just point this out. Anybody who's a Playing With Science okay. fan knows that uh, I am a huge Eagles fan. So thank you, DJ. All right, Jeff, who's going to win? Astros, Yankees. The game or the series? All of the above. All of them. It's tonight Astros. game one? Tonight's game Obviously. one? It's game one, right? I, I can't Astros, give it away. Yeah. yeah. Tonight is game one. Jeff, are you, uh, you on, you're on tonight announcing tonight's yeah. game, correct? 
no, you know what? I'm done. Regional sports uh, TV broadcasters are done. They go regional. I'm a fan tonight. Oh, oh good cool. for you. Oh, you okay. get to watch yeah. the game. Why, why the Astros and not the Yankees for you? Um, Dallas Keuchel pitches very good at Minute Maid Park, and the Astros offense, uh, so they're setting records with their OPS that I know Neil loves in the uh, playoffs <laughs> over OPS, 900. The adding <laughs> percentages. Push his buttons. Add percents. Yeah. Yeah. He's almost messing over, with your mind. If I'm 80% good and you're 80% good, we're not together 160% good. That's not how you do numbers. But go on. <laughs> go, go, Jeff. Yes. yes. No, you're looking Ast- at the numbers. The Astros are good. They're young, swinging the bats good, and they put a hurt on Tanaka in 2015 last time they faced off in the playoffs. You got memories there. Okay. Yeah. All right, History. let's get to a question real quick. Um, Jeff Kohler, another Jeff, says, what would happen if you switched a baseball to a cricket ball? Ooh. Oh. Uh, how, would the game, how would that change the game? Is, is a cricket ball like wood? No, no, no. It's, I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's the same thing. It's large, slightly larger. Because it's got the yep. raised, got raised stitches and okay. so slightly larger well, and red. Think Go ahead, Jeff. It's only got I'm one thinking seam. of the wicket ball or whatever. So, Jeff, it only yeah, has only one, one seam. seam. Yeah, yeah it only has one seam, so it reacts differently when they spin it and stuff like that. The baseball moves a little bit differently, but I think you're right as far as size and weight. It's, uh, it's leather covering wood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, so, the, the, Neil, the, would that speed up or right slow right down the game? Uh, if the ball is heavier, stuff is going to go slower. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, look at the speed of a golf ball that gets hit and, right. how, and how far it goes. I mean, yeah, plus, it, you want it to be dense enough so that it can actually win against the air, right? Yes, so yeah. so you can, ha- you can you know, ball up a sheet of paper, throw it as hard as you want. It's not going to go more than 10 feet. So the combination of size and weight and density especially uh, matters here. All right. Yeah. Any more questions? Very cool. Very cool. Um, who pitches faster? Is it the, bo- the bowler? You know, the, uh, in cricket, or is it the... I think the pitcher, the baseball pitcher yeah, the will pitcher come. Because, I mean, Aroldis Chapman's going to dial up three I would say digits. you've got Aroldis Chapman there. He pitches yeah. 105 miles an hour. That's yeah. incredible. He's, yeah. di- he's dialing up three digits, I think. So these guys who do that, how fast do their balls go? Don't forget, it's going to hit, the, the, hit the ground and bounce. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be the not pitch. far... Yeah, off the pitch. They're not going to be far behind, but... Okay. Uh, all right. They're not quite there. Okay, if you threw a uh, baseball through a wormhole. <laughs> oh, there's always a wormhole. <laughs> there it is. There's always a wormhole. <laughs> there's a wormhole. Uh, them darn wormholes. <laughs> it's like that pigeon. Actually, pigeon I, that, actually I just made that up. But oh, no, no. I know, I, know our, I know our listeners. I know how they are. But I have an answer. You could, you can play baseball across the universe through a wormhole. I mean, just think about that. You uh, throw through the wormhole, and somebody's waiting on the other side of that hole. And then out comes the ball, and then you swing, and it, so you and go back, to, and you hit it back through the cross universe baseball game. That'd be cool. Trans universal nice. baseball. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I love it. All right, oh, let yeah. me find another question. There's another new quickly. sport we've invented. Uh, can Aaron Judge strike out enough times to cause a black hole in the Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> There's a black hole in the How swing. Dare you. <laughs> oh. DJ, why is he striking out? What's he doing wrong here? I mean, he's, 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 he's definitely getting a lot more breaking pitches. I mean, you can tell, tell that he's, uh, yep, right. he's not going the other way with it. He's trying to pull. He's pulling his left side out, I think, a little bit. And uh, Oh, sorry. And uh, he's, not, he's not waiting. He's just not getting the recognition that he needs. And he's You're just, saying he's not as good on the slower pitches? Is your, uh, well, I mean, it's easy to hit a fastball yeah. um, within reason. I mean, the, the, the slower pitches are going to move. They're going to they're gonna change planes. So it, it's definitely something you have to put into perspective and try to go the other way with. And mm-hmm. he just, in the beginning of the season, he was hitting the ball to the right side a lot more. Yeah. And now he's, you know, he's getting left field happy, center field happy. You agree with that, Jeff? Uh, uh, no, a lot of it is approach, but you also got to add in the pressure of the postseason. So when a first when timer, the pit, a first timer, yeah, when the, the pitch slows right. down, the game speeds up, and that's not a good combination for the hitter because, like, he, like he's saying, 
you start to try and go get the baseball. The baseball's moving. Your head starts to move. That means two things are moving, and that makes the game real tough. So he's in a bad place right now. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh, they're hey, throwing well, him quick um, tonight. <laughs> let me jump in there because I know Jeff has to go. Uh, Lisa Fraser wants yeah, to know this, one. Jeff. Last one for you. Do you think players that have a better understanding of physics have a better advantage in the game and therefore better performance? Do you think that, Jeff? That's a great question. Um, I, question. Think, I think it's important for these guys to understand that these days because we talked about uh, pitchers pitching on a different plane, but it's the app application that worries me a little bit sometimes guys let their head get in the way of the game a little bit too much and then things get a little screwy so if the guy can understand it and apply it that guy's gonna have a way better chance i think yeah Interesting. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, Jeff, answer. I know you got to go, man. Thanks so much for joining us because you, know, you have to get to uh, get to another interview right now. He's w- uh, a wanted man. He's a wanted man. <laughs> Dude, I love the space shuttle up on the shirt. Um, no, I love talking with you guys. This is great stuff. It's I a pleasure, as always. On your, on your Astro shirt. And that's, Take you up on that. And that's in memorial to... Um, it would have been, uh, was that in your 03 jersey? Is that right? Yes, you're so, exactly right. So that would have been the uh, Columbia disaster uh, yep. in, in Memorial, because, of course, the, the manned space program is based in Houston. So, there you go. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, thanks a lot, man. And for those of you who are with us uh, via Facebook Live, we are going to continue with Neil and DJ. And I have a question now uh, who says, uh, Neil, can't wait to see you in Richmond. Did the Yankees use physics when uh, designing the new stadium uh this that's the only reason i can think of to make it so easy for them to hit homers now first of all you you kind of secretly hating on the yankees i don't appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) is it a a hate innuendo hate innuendo is there Uh but it's a very good question in that um how does uh, an actual design and construction of a stadium assist in the statistical performance of a player. Well, so consider that if the air circulation in a stadium, yes. if you have prevailing winds mm-hmm. and you know that they're one way more often than another in the evening and you want to exploit this for the stadium, you could, and your stadium is like U-shaped, you know, horseshoe-shaped, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. can imagine orienting it so that the, the air circulates and then comes back out and helps the pitch and helps the, the hit ball. The thing is, it's not going to help one team and not the other team. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you, you can't claim that this is specifically a Yankee advantage in a game the Yankees are playing against another team. Right. What the Yankees did do in the original stadium mm-hmm. okay. was the Yankees had the farthest point in any field in the major leagues at 464-something feet. Mm-hmm. And it was so far out, the ball would never be hit there, and there was monuments out there, and there's a flagpole. There was stuff out there <laughs> stuff. in the field. There was stuff. Okay, it's like, hey, there's extra space. <laughs> you know, put some stuff there. Right, we're never, we know we're never going okay, there. Okay, so yeah. now watch. And, and that, it was left center field. The right field fence was 296 feet. It was the shortest point of any field. So you could hit a home run, not even hitting it 300 feet. Why? Because the Yankees' power were left-handers. Right, so they pulled right, that In the way. 1920s, oh. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. And so you could, they could just loft home runs just at any, at, on a whim. So yes, in that mm-hmm. case, they had a stadium designed for their batters. All right, and that way, and so, yeah. If, if you want to talk about home run asterisks, you can say, oh, you hit most of your home runs on the sh- field, o- yeah. over the short post. Yeah. You hit, okay. Your homers, your homers are at home. 
rather than on the road. Yeah, yeah at least half would be. Yeah, right, so right, okay. And that would be hey, more than half. Right. This is where we play more games than not. Why not build our own advantage in? Yeah, and in fact, if I always hit to exact right center, then bring that part in in a promontory. <laughs> <laughs> I'll even pay for it. It's, it's, it's interesting because I mean, City, City Field originally was built for City pitchers. Field for the Mets. Yeah, yeah for the, originally built for pitchers. But opposing teams were hitting so well there. They were like, well, how do we get our team to do as well? As, and they started bringing the fences in. And then opposing teams are still hitting well there, and then the Mets started to come around. But even when you try to build a stadium to, to match your team, because the Mets were trying to match their team for pitching, sometimes it doesn't work in your favor. And another way you design a stadium for the pitcher, not the hitter, is have very wide foul zones. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you, uh, all right. Yeah. It does. You get. It, you can catch a foul ball. Right. right. Yeah, right. And it's sure. easier to catch a foul right. ball. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So now, uh, DJ, I, uh, I got one from you, and this is um, uh, this is from Soren Holland, who says this. Hey, how are you going to wear a Brooklyn shirt and an Eagles hat? <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, up with that? I, I mean, I, I like all sports. Uh, I'm a big fan of everything. Uh, you know, the Eagles is just a family thing. And then, uh, you know, I can't go wrong with Mike Tyson. I mean, come on. And it's just, it, it, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to, I have to tell you, DJ, that when I saw your shirt, I said to myself, okay, this guy, his ears look delicious. And I, I'm thinking about that. I might just take a little taste of them. Right, so, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, if I would have planned better, if I would have known. I was going to be coming on. I would have definitely wore a Mets gear. Oh, I just, I just, I just yanked <laughs> them out of the street here. Yeah. So, so uh, when you coach at Lehman College, are yeah. you, uh, are you mostly a strength coach, a batting? What do you? What uh, I do some. I do most of the speed and strength stuff. Um, I'm the third base coach, mm-hmm. um, and I work with the outfielders and defense mainly. So, okay. All right. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. Question for you: yeah. The Astros have a diminutive hitter. Altuve. Altuve. Yeah. What is going on there? Because normally it's the big power built. You mm-hmm. know, the guy with the guns just comes out, goes ding. Mm-hmm. This is a little guy that's. It's an amazing, he's he's everything an go ding, amazing ding, ding. talent. And yeah. it's funny because he was told at one point that, you know, we don't need you. Like when he originally, originally got signed by the Astros, they told him to go home. And, no. he got on, and he got on a bus and he's like, you know what? I'm not doing this. And he came back for the next day and they're like, well, we cut you. And he's like, no, no. Oh. And I am telling you, yeah. I'm Stay not here. going. Okay. I'm staying here, but he's yeah, got. It's not good when they put you on a bus. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they have. I mean, well, this is another. You land country, on a bus. Another country too. You know? I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So, he, I mean, he stuck around and they they kept him, and um, you know, so now he's he's an MVP talent. But yeah. he yeah, has yeah. an unbelievable knack for making quality contact. His bat is always where the ball is. We were talking about Gardner before. Yeah. So why and, why is it now a little guy can do that, whereas before little guys weren't? That's speed. It's, it's all about bat, bat speed. speed because you got to think about it. It's a, a bat path, so his hands get through the zone very quickly. And you know, let's say he's you know he's using a 32 inch bat, which is probably going to be about 29, 30 ounces, give or take. I mean, he uses a tool that matches his size. And now all he has to do is make good contact with a ball that's coming 95 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. You're going to send that ball someplace. But is, with, is his strike zone smaller? They have to shrink down. Oh, the definitely. Zone I mean, okay. his his strike zone. Well, the, the natural strike zone is going to be between knees and yes, uh, the, the, the letters, the, the yeah, letters yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he's he gets down nice and low. He's going to get a lot more pitches to hit because so we were talking about Aaron Judge being thrown kryptonite. Yeah, he's six. What's, what's his? He's, what's his? He, I, I looked huge. it up. He's six eight. 284 pounds. Yeah. Total opposite. Right, but he's kind of proportioned. So he walks around and he looks normal and then he stands next to someone else yeah. and said, whoa. Yeah. Like, what, what, what who, Jolly Green Giant just right. walked he's in. He's next right. to guys in the, in the dugout and they're, he just towers over them. Yeah, but yeah, you just see a head moving across. Interestingly the, enough, I'm watching the game, he crouches down. 
he actually does bend his knees if you watch him. He's not mm-hmm. trying to. He, he doesn't l- let them exploit his size. He actually okay. gets down a little bit. Okay. All right, let me get to one more question because yes. we're, we're running out running of time low. here. Okay. Uh-huh. All right, yeah. we're running low on time here. Neil, Neil, this is from Valerie Williams. Hey, Neil, uh, if you were to throw a wiffle ball on Mars, how much different would the throw be compared to a regular oh, baseball ball. on Mars with Mars's gravity and atmosphere? It's nice. a very good question. What's good about that question is, of course, a wiffle ball, it could leave your hand at 100 miles an hour. That's right. But it gets to the batter going, and nothing. That's right? right. Because it is totally absorbing the air. Exactly. The air resistance is, is all about that. Um, and so on Mars, the air pressure is one one hundredth of what it is here. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. You're not. Yeah. There's hard. There's hardly any air. There's no pressure at all. <laughs> so you can take a wiffle ball, throw it 100 miles an hour, and get hurt by it. So the thin, thin. <laughs> the thin oh. So the thin, thin atmosphere allows that. Wiffle ball with all those holes in it. Here's how to think about it. Go ahead. The wiffle ball will behave in a thin atmosphere the way a heavier ball would in a heavier atmosphere. Gotcha. Right. So, so the thin atmosphere makes a wiffle ball heavier. Well, no, it makes it, it, no, it, it makes just, it, it behave. won't slow down as much. Right, it won't right, slow right. down. Right, right. And with a lower gravity, you know, oh, I want to make sure we get this in. Um, I calculated and, and tweeted long ago. There is a slowest possible pitch. Where? Here on Earth? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, on Earth. Well, listen, <laughs> listen, I'm considering who I'm talking to. I'm just okay. considering yes. my, my the source. Good. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so if you calculate it, so the, anything slower than this is going to bounce before it hits the, the, the catcher. Okay. So 25 miles an hour at 45 degree angle. Okay. That is the slowest possible the pitch. The slowest possible right, pitch right. to make it over the plate. Make it to from the pitcher to the catcher. To the catcher. 60 feet, 6 inches. Right. At anything slower than that, at any other angle, is not going to make it. Wow. It's just going to tail off. Yeah, it'll tail off. That's right. Yeah. Right, That's right. Super cool. Yeah. So, so on a different planet, it will be airborne. Oh, no, there, oh there's some the, people. We, we brought up uh, the uh, tweet. In baseball. Oh, oh, it's, well, I said 30 miles an hour. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh, well, my tweet from <laughs> five years ago says 30 miles an hour. Uh-oh. I'm going to go check. Now you got to redo yeah. all your calculations. <laughs> You gotta do all your calculations. <laughs> it's either twenty-five or thirty. Yeah, but that's either the, way. It's how fast I'm throwing a ball. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, we are out of time. Uh, oh my gosh! So uh, make sure that you check out uh, Gary and Chuck Nice yes. on Playing with Science, um, and uh, you can find everything that we do on StarTalkAllAccess.com. No matter what it is, if it's Star Talk, it lives there. Plus, things you can't find any place else. So make sure you check out StarTalkAllAccess.com. Neil, thank you. Sure, and DJ, thanks for coming DJ, in. Yeah, yeah I'd love to meet it's you. Some, some baseball expertise. Absolutely. I'm Gary O'Reilly. I'm Chuck Nice. Catch you next time.